0: It's amazing we take for granted, you know, just the power of God and that so many of us are blinded by the obstacles of this world of sin that we can't see him. So I love that song. He washed my eyes with tears that I might see. Children, you are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. How many of you were with us when we did the Courageous Men's Bible Study? If you would, please raise your hands. How many of you went through that and... Actually, uh, we're through the ceremony to the resolution. Praise the Lord. Amen. This morning, as I was looking into how I was going to challenge and speak to you men and wish you a wonderful, happy Father's Day. My thought was this. I had a lot of thoughts because actually I was in my office last night and about nine o'clock the Lord changed my message. And so... This is all new, and but I believe that there's some significance to what God wants all of us to learn. And I would like to have Todd Dunn come, if you would please. And I'm going to have him read the resolution. Men, could you please stand, all of the men that are in the room? If you're a father or if you're a man, would you please stand? And as he reads this resolution, I want you to think of the commitment that was made, the vow that was made, the covenant that was made, not just between you and God. And for some of you, you've never heard this. But I want you to listen very closely. And this came actually from the movie Courageous. If you haven't seen it, I will be playing a clip for you within my message. But I want to just honor you men today and and have a special time of prayer for you. And to tell you that, one, I want to challenge you and encourage you to be men of God. Not just... A husband, a father, not just a son, not just another man in society. I want you to be a man of God. And I want, even with our teenage young men, I want you to be challenged to say, I need within my walk and my life, I need to be challenged daily to become a man of God. Even David was a young man and God still used him because that was a young man after God's own heart. And so listen closely as We revisit what the resolution had to say. And for some who have never heard this before, listen closely as we all should make this commitment to God.
1: The resolution.
0: I do solemnly resolve
1: before God to take full responsibility for myself, my wife, and my children. I will love them, protect them, serve them, and teach them the word of God as the spiritual leader of my home. I will by faith to my wife, excuse me, I will be faithful to my wife to love and honor her and be willing to lay down my life for her as Jesus Christ did for me. I will bless my children and teach them to love God with all of their hearts, all of their minds, and all of their strength. I will train them to honor authority and live responsibly. I will confront evil, pursue justice, and love mercy. I will pray for others and treat them with kindness, respect, and compassion. I will work diligently to provide for the needs of my family. I will forgive those who have wronged me and reconcile with those I have wronged. I will learn from my mistakes, repent of my sins, and walk with integrity as a man answerable to God. I will seek to honor God, be faithful to His church, obey His word, and do his will. I will courageously work with the strength God provides to fulfill this resolution for the
0: rest of my life and for his glory. Hallelujah. At the bottom of that, it says in Joshua twenty four fifteen. Go ahead. And what does it read? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Isn't that awesome? And so if men, if you would do this with me, just take your hands if they're crossed, if they're like this. Can you open them up? And I'm going to ask that God gives you a special anointing and blessing upon your family. And as a young person, as a bachelor, as just an individual, as God's child, that God would bless you abundantly as you continue to receive His guidance, His wisdom, and His direction. Because unless God builds your house, we will just labor in vain. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Fathers, we come to you, Lord. We are just blessed that this morning, Father, you are the ultimate example Of what a father should be. Lord, I can go through scripture from Genesis chapter 2 to Ephesians chapter 5. I can even reference in Corinthians. Lord, we can understand in Ephesians. Lord, we can go through the Word of God and understand the significance to why you emphasized the man and the woman and oneness within marriage. And Lord, just as an individual, as a man of God. And today, Father, may we all be challenged to be better men of God and even women of God. And so, Father, today we acknowledge that, Father, You are the Lord of lords. You're the King of kings. And, Lord, we thank You for Your Son, Jesus Christ, who came and who gives us life because of the price upon Calvary. Father, today, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed in reverence and honor to You, Lord, we receive whatever gifting, blessings, whatever you want to pour out in our life. Lord, help us to be men of God, to be teenagers of God, to be married men of God, to be bachelors of God. Lord, help us to receive your intimate wisdom and your knowledge. And therefore, Father, become holy as you are holy. Father God, we thank You that today You have given us the greatest gift. So, Father, we receive it today. Lord, bless these men. Bless their homes. Bless their lives. Thank You, Father, that today we can have a resolve within our heart and our life to be men of God. In Your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As I was in my office last evening, I thought, how can I really bring back some important principles to what we've gone through in times past? You know, that was two years ago. April 29th of 2012 was our courageous ceremony. And I want to encourage you men that if you have not gone through it this winter, we'll be going through it again. And uh, we encourage you to come be a part of it. Understand your responsibility As a man of God. I think sometimes it's very difficult when you try to come up with messages. Either you have two choices. You stay with the series of messages that you've already been preaching on. Or you take the significance of that holiday and you say, I'm going to speak to them directly. And so as I have prayed and and I asked God, what is it that you want me to speak about? I was going in one direction And God steered me in another direction. A man of God. Why is it that we always hang our hat and say, Oh, there's the man of God. He's the pastor. It's only his responsibility to be a man of God. It's only his responsibility, but not mine. Why is it that you can't be a woman of God? Why is it that you can't be a man of God? If you are a child of the Most High God... Then I encourage you and I charge you today that it is your responsibility as well, then to carry on the fruits of the Spirit and the attributes of Jesus Christ, of God. We understand that it is love, joy, peace, long suffering. Some of you even got mad on the way to church today. Some of you cut somebody off. You honked at somebody. You, you gave them sign language in ways that didn't look like sign language. But I have to tell you, are you? A man of God? Are you a man of courage? If you would please take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, that's the first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Isn't it great to hear the ruffle of papers from God's Word? And I know some of you are doing this and doing this and doing that and zooming in and all that kind of stuff. That's great, too. I love technology. But if that battery goes dead, you don't have the word. I just thought I'd throw that out to you. You know, there are things. We, we take it for granted, even in Russia, still smuggling Bibles in. There's so many countries, you cannot even have the word of God, or you're persecuted, you're imprisoned. It's always great just to have it. And I'm not putting anybody down for technology. I love technology. And I'm grateful that in my moments of boredom, I get to look on Facebook. And so uh, I love it. But it always is such an encouragement to me. Listen closely. I know you're there. Hold your spot there. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Someone has come up with a men's thesaurus. This thesaurus is helpful for women to better understand men. And you're really going to want to hear this. When a man says it would take too long to explain, he really means, I have no idea how it works. When a man says, take a break, honey, you are working too hard. He means, I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. When a man says, that's interesting, dear. He means, are you still talking When a man says it's a guy thing, he means there is no rational thought pattern connected with this, and you have no chance at all of making it logical. I loved that. (laughs) I just thought that was great. I guess being a family counselor, I thought that makes sense for me and resonates. When a man says, "Uh uh-huh, sure, honey, or yes, dear, he means absolutely nothing. It's a conditional response. When a man says, I can't find it, he means it didn't fall into my outstretched hand. So I'm completely clueless. The Bible teaches that marriage is a sacred covenant and commitment between a man and a woman to becoming one means both have common goals and they both have expectations. The expectations prior to marriage often gets couples in trouble. One thing that I emphasize all the time with couples, I don't care in public, privately, Wherever it's at, are you achieving oneness within your marriage? Are you carrying on some of those attributes that your husband has, that your wives have, working together as husband and wife? Liz was sure her boyfriend Martin would make a great husband, especially when she met Martin's parents. They're so nice to each other, Liz remarked. It's great how your dad brings your mom coffee in bed every morning. Eventually, Martin and Liz got married. As they were heading for their honeymoon destination, Liz spoke of the loving home they would have and mentioned once again Martin's father's habit of bringing his wife coffee in bed each morning. Liz asked jokingly, and does this trait run in the family? It sure does, answered Martin, and I take after my mom. (laughs) I knew it would take a minute for some of you to get it. Praise the Lord for Google. I get some of these stories. There's a young man. His name was Darwin was entering his third month of marriage when he ran across a bachelor friend of his. How's married life treating you? The friend inquired. It's the best man. Darwin replied. I think everyone should be married. I'm living a great life. Every day I come home to a hot meal and a clean house. My slippers are right in front of the easy chair and dinner is brought to me while I watch television. I'm really getting spoiled. Of course, we're still living with my mother. (laughs) Did it take a minute? Okay, I just thought. (laughs) All right, let's read together. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor... Or if the salt has lost its flavor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast down and to be treading on under foot of men. Then says, You are the light of the world, and a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house, that your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and to glorify your Father which is in heaven." Jesus has a challenge for everyone, but this morning I want to apply the teaching especially to the men that are here. Jesus delivers his historic teaching from the side of the mountain. The first part of the chapter 5, Jesus tells how to be blessed and how God's blessings is on people who live godly lives. We then noticed in verses 13 through 16, Jesus says, in effect, that since you have been blessed of God, now you are to bless others as salt and light in the world. This morning, I want to challenge men to be salt and light, not just to people in the world, but to your family and to the world. It takes men of courage to be salt and light. I have just a few points this morning. One Give spiritual leadership in the home. Turn with me, if you would, please. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. I always love... How many of you love McDonald's fries as you're turning there? Everybody loves McDonald's fries. I want to tell you guys, I went on a long fast from McDonald's. I made it three and a half years, and all of a sudden, I relapsed and had to get... Big Mac and some French fries, and you can't have their French fries. What is it? You have to put salt on their French fries. And have you ever seen how much salt they put on their French fries? They take that big, huge, dirty tin thing. I had to throw that in there. That has salt in it. And then they go like this. There's so much salt on there. You guys want me to do that again? Chica, 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 chica. You guys got it because you've all seen it. You've seen how they pour it on there and how it affects us. But we love the flavor of salt. We crave it. it. Isn't it amazing that in this correlation, this reference, that we're to be salt and light, that we're to illuminate Christ, but yet have an awesome flavor for God. How many of us would say, you know what? I'm as sour as an apple. You don't have to raise your hands. Don't let, don't let your neighbor know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you need some salt on that apple. It helps it. People have said to me, why are you putting salt on watermelon? I said, because it tastes good with salt. I know, some of you are like, Ugh. but we do. Sometimes it tastes good. But isn't, isn't it amazing? Some of us crave salt. And isn't it amazing how your body craves it? Wouldn't it be awesome if more Christians craved Jesus Christ? Wouldn't it be awesome if we craved God more often? We don't because we're not living our life with perspective. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 say this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. You teenagers love this part, don't you? And today's Father's Day, so I figured I would emphasize this part because my daughters need to hear it. Honor your daddy, Todd. Oh, that's not in there. Oh, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it is that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And your fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Man, I'm going to start right off the bat because this is the Word of God. Why are you always provoking your children? I was actually convicted in the Scriptures myself because I owe my daughters an apology. I have been sarcastic with them. Sometimes sarcasm provokes them to anger. That's not a good thing. We get angry, we throw temper tantrums. And then we expect them to live that godly life. But we always want to emphasize where it says, listen, son, listen, daughter, you're to honor, you're to listen to your dad. But it's amazing to me that in order for that young lady or that young man to listen, you need to love them. And so it says, don't provoke. But it says, bring them up. I love this father's. If you could do anything, take verse number four, circle it, give special attention to it. As it says, do not exasperate your children. I had to just look this up in the New King James Version. I want you to know that I I did. And uh, I know I preach out of the King James, but I thought it was really neat when I looked at the word because it says, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up with training and instruction of the Lord. When you hear the word exasperate, it makes me tired. Yeah, spell it. Exasperate. That's not where our kids out, and we wonder why when they turn eighteen they're no longer serving the Lord. We need to be salt and light. God has ordained that husbands are to be the spiritual leaders of their families, not just by words but by your actions. Failure by the husband to show genuine love to his wife and children makes it difficult for the husband to grow in his own Christian life. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Peter chapter 3. He said, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Ladies, this isn't Mother's Day. It is Father's Day. Treat her with understanding as you live together. She may be the weaker vessel. But she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. If you don't treat her as you should, your prayers will be hindered. They will not be heard. Did you hear me start off by saying oneness? Achieving oneness within your marriage is huge. Churches aren't talking about it anymore. Divorce is at its highest. But we need to continue to achieve. It's not a one-way street. It's together riding down that street. Achieving oneness. Allowing God to make you the spiritual leader in your home. The biblical teaching is clear that fathers are to give spiritual leadership in the home. Listen carefully. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says this. If any man provide not for his own, and especially for his own household, he is denied the faith and he is worse than any unbeliever or infidel. That you're worse than an unbeliever. The primary provision Paul is talking about is providing spiritual instruction for the family. And last night, this is the first time that this verse really spoke to me. And I want you to hear it. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. It's God instructed Moses, and then Moses then therefore instructed parents. And here's what he said. And you must commit yourselves wholehearted to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again and again and again and again and again to your children. No matter where you're at or what you're doing, speak to your children. Guide them. If you're driving down the road, if you're sitting in a family room, no matter what you're doing or no matter where you're at, invest into your children. Let them see that you're salt and that you're light. We've been talking about sowing seed. The last thing we want to do is see our children die and go to hell. We need to be the flavor for them to savor. I need to come up with a spoken word like that, right? We do. We need to be the flavor for them to savor. We want them to see Christ in our life. And men, if you're not demonstrating the love of God to your kids, you need to reevaluate your life. I didn't say, listen, young people or children that are in the room. Your parents have a responsibility. That doesn't mean just because you go, well, dad, that, that's not really what I want. Well, it's not what I'm talking about. It says train up a child in the way he or she should go when they're old. They won't depart from it. We have a responsibility to train you, to love you, and to bring you up in the admonition and the nurturing of the Lord. It takes courage to follow the commands of Jesus. He gives spiritual leadership to the whole family. Jesus gives the call to men and women who are his followers. He says in Matthew 20, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Listen to what this said. Do you know the New Testament word means doulos, which slave? It describes a person who has lost all his freedom, all his power, all his prestige, and sometimes even his name. A slave is owned entirely by his master. So here's how Jesus put himself in the same class as a slave as Christ followers. Fathers are to give leadership in the home, not as a high and mighty leader, but as leaders under the authority of Jesus Christ. The husband honors Christ by serving the wife and children. He looks for solutions to families problems and to family's tensions. If helping out in the home means getting his hands clean by washing dishes or getting his hands dirty by taking out the trash, so be it. Go do it. It's not that hard. I'll never forget this one man I that goes and sits down. Woman, get my drink. Woman, get my plate. Woman, last time I checked, that wasn't her name. What a lack of respect. We must show respect. In relationship, I always say respect is earned where respect is given. Thank you. Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. Salt is made up of sodium and chloride and is used as a cleanser for food flavoring. And in the past, as a medium of trade, as flavoring salt is an agent of change. Salt changes a bland dish into a tasty, delightful, scrumptious bag of french fries. Jesus also said you are to be the light of the world. Light radically transforms darkness into light. Light shines forth and penetrates the darkness, changing it from dark to light. So we realize that both salt and light are changing agents. As men of courage, you are to be a change agent in your family. You are called by God to be a spiritual leader in your home. People have said to me, How is it that you have so many men in your church? I said, I don't know. Because statistically, do you realize there are more women leading the church today than men? Because men have sat back in their recliners, propped up their feet and said, I'm not going to do anything about it. That's her responsibility, not mine. Why is it that we have such selective responsibilities in marriage that we all say, well, that's kind of what she does, not me again. Are we achieving that oneness women? I say this and I understand where some men have not taken on the responsibility of leading the family. So you have, and I honor you for that. But men don't make it your wife's responsibility. Don't make it your girlfriend's responsibility Learn what oneness is about and try to achieve that within your marriage. Men of courage and men of God also demonstrate love in their home. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14 says, Be on guard. Stand true to what you believe. Be courageous men. Be strong. And everything you do must be done in love. Fathers are always to be on guard and to protect their children from false teachings. Fathers need to know what they believe and why they believe and what they truly believe. Fathers are to stand true to their convictions. True convictions are based upon God's words and not upon the views of others. Turn with me, if you would, please. Back to Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Philippians chapter 4. I think this text, as Paul was speaking, he was actually saying, you know what, this is a positive reflection of attitude in the home. And this is what our attitude should be. And I want to make this across the board for everybody, because I truly believe this is for all of us. He says, finally, my brethren, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, these things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Can you say that with me nice and loud? Do circle that. Circle that in your Bible, because that's a commandment to us. Go and do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. That if we take on the attributes, all of these things, within our family, within our home, within our lives, our own personal walk. I'm talking to every believer that's here today. It says, we've received it, we've heard it, we've seen it, but I think some of us are not doing it. We're not living out the Christian life. How many of you want to say with with an amen? I want the God of peace in my life. Amen. Amen. Then you need to start living it out. You need to start demonstrating it. You need to start doing it. There are three simple steps to having a fun-filled home life. Attitude, attitude, and attitude. Your attitude determines a lot of things. How the kids are going to react, how the kids are going to act, how your wife's going to act, how your husband's going to act. Our attitude needs sometimes refined and adjusted. We need to look at God and understand that today our relationship and us just coming isn't just our religious responsibility. It's our relationship in Jesus Christ to grow deeper in love with him and to be the one that should spread light and salt. Build on your strengths and not your weaknesses. Make it a practice to not to look for weak areas in each other, but to look for strengths. Practicing Christian loves means being patient with each other's weaknesses, helping one another out. Why is it that some men find it hard to tell their wife or children that they are loved? Do you find it hard to say, I love you? It's very difficult. I remember clearly. Well, when I was little, my dad would always show affection to me. And then I think because I came like 12, I'm like, you're not kissing me. I don't know what it was. I just said, stop. But then as I got older, I thought, that's important. I still kiss my mom. I still kiss my daughters. They probably think, dad, get away from me. Quit kissing my head, my forehead, my cheek, my eyes, whatever. But I'm going to kiss them forever. And I'll never forget As my dad was journeying through cancer and through some of that stuff and today's Father's Day and as I reflect on him I think, you know, I remember my my dad as he was journeying, you know, through the valley of the shadow of death, I thought, you know, this is amazing to me because, you know, this time's gonna be over. Our life is but a vapor, here today, gone tomorrow. We don't realize it. And so I would sit and stare at him, he's like, son, quit looking at me. I said, well, I'm just taking it in. I want to make sure that I don't forget what you look like because I have a lot of years on this earth when you're gone. But I remember saying this, I love you, dad. Cricket, cricket. We got out of the routine. We went for 10 to 15 years without expressing love for one another. And then he would say this, love you too, bub. Love you too, son it's very nice. Dad, I love you. He goes, I love you too, Todd. Repetitive helps over and over and over. There was this letter that was written to Dear Abby. Here's what it says. I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor. 36 days later, I was on my way to the Philippines. En route, the Philippines fell to the Japanese, and we were routed to Australia. 11 days after we landed, I met the most beautiful girl in the world. On our first date, I told her I was going to marry her. I did, 18 months later. Well, on a 10-day R&R, rest and relaxation, leave from New Guinea. And after more than 57 years of marriage and two children, my beloved Mary died five days before Christmas. Although we agreed that our ashes were to be scattered over the mountains, I found I could not part with hers. While Mary was alive, she would frequently say to me, you don't know how much I love you. I'd reply, likewise. I never said I love you. Now her ashes are on my dresser where I tell her several times a day how much I love her because it's never too late. Although I wrote poetry to her, I could not bring myself to say the three words I knew she wanted most to hear. As my dearest was dying and we thought she was comatose, I told her, there aren't enough words to tell you how much I love you. And a few hours later, here's what she whispered. Not enough words. And she died. The reason I'm writing is to urge men to express their feelings while their loved ones are alive. I don't know why, but many men are reluctant to express the depth of their feelings. Missing Mary in Colorado was the article. I know that in my life, my mom was much better of showing love and affection than my own father. In many homes, the wives and mothers often have to take the lead in verbalizing love and affection. So I say this to you. There's a young seminary student who had a very legalistic background about everything he did. He felt he was on solid ground and if he could quote Bible chapter and verse to his actions, it was okay. And he was okay until he fell in love with a beautiful girl and wanted ever so much to kiss her good night. But he couldn't find a scripture verse to okay it. So he will walk her to the dormitory each night, and lovingly say good night. This went on for several weeks, and all the time he was searching the Bible, trying to find some scripture to okay kissing her goodnight, he finally came across a passage in Romans sixteen sixteen that says this, Greet one another with a holy kiss. At last he thought he had scriptural authority for kissing her goodnight. Man after my own heart. But to be sure, he went to his hermeneutics professor to check it out. And after talking with the professor, he realized that the passage dealt more with a church setting than it did with a dating situation. So once again he, simp- he, again, he simply didn't have a passage of Scripture to okay, kissing his girl goodnight. So here they are. It's that evening, and he walks her to the dormitory and once again started to bid her his farewell. Good night. But as he did, she grabbed him pulled him toward her, and planted a kiss right on his lips. At the end of the kiss, the seminary student gasped for air and stammered, Bible verse, Bible verse, Bible verse. The girl grabbed him a second time, and just before kissing him said, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany, you can appreciate that, right? The young lady seminary student seemed to know the Bible better than her own gentleman friend. <laughs> when demonstrating love in your home, have a can do attitude. An attitude of whatever it takes is better than I don't do that kind of work at home. That's a woman's job, that's her responsibility. Watch this clip. And the courageous, he had a difficult time expressing love to his family. And so in this clip, he starts to practice. How do I say love? You'll really appreciate this. Watch closely. La esta tu and we have no sound. That's all right. Here's the, here's the premise to that story. It's, it's really neat. He starts practicing telling his wife. He loves him while he's on the phone with the chief. And he says, and if you've never seen Courageous, you'll, you'll have to get it. It's wonderful. But he's on the phone in the car, in the police squad car. And he says, uh, he was on the phone. He's like, oh, hold on. Chief's calling me. So he, he clicks it. And he, he's talking to her. And he says, okay, um, this is with him to the chief. Okay, here it is. You've got to watch it. Look,
1: I know your shift works hard, and I know you see the worst side of people out there. But when you clock out, go home and love your families. All right, you're dismissed. Get out of here. Victoria, the truck with the lumber is about to show up. Just tell them to pollinate the driveway, all right? Right. Uh, uh, yep, yeah. hold on. Hey, that's the sheriff. i got to take this, all right? Okay. Love you. Bye. Hey, sir. Yes, sir. We did that? Thank you, sir. We'll take care of it. All right. Love you. Bye. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Did you just tell the sheriff that you loved him? (laughs) I can't believe I did that. Should I
0: call him back? Why? To tell him that you don't?
1: <laughs> Mr. Sheriff. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. We did. We turned that in yesterday.
0: Adam Bye. Love you.
1: Thank you, sir. We will. Love you. Bye. Okay. Hello? <laughs> Sir? <coughs> Starting today, I'm implementing a new code of ethics for the entire sheriff's office. No matter how you feel about another employee, I want you to keep your personal feelings to yourself. I don't want to hear how much you love me or any other staff member. It's inappropriate,
0: it's awkward,
1: and it's unacceptable. And Corporal Mitchell, I got you.
0: I love you, Adam. I just had to show you that. See, it was much better in person, wasn't it, than me telling the story? So I appreciate you getting that up. We don't realize that sometimes it's awkward for us, but I believe that communicating love brings us freedom and victory in our lives. Husbands demonstrate love in the home by seeking ways to meet their wife's needs and sacrificing their personal preference for hers. Let your family know you love them by being sensitive to their needs and making sure you have time to do things as a family. Genuine love is freeing and it is not controlling. Men of courage. And man of God. Give spiritual leadership in the home. And demonstrate love in the home. My last point and as we close. Declare their faith by word and action. Matthew chapter 5. 13 through 16. Jesus taught that salt was useless. If it lost its flavor. And light is for shining. To be to hide under a basket. So let your light shine. So everyone will praise your heavenly father. Salt is used used both as a preservative and to penetrate. A little salt will penetrate and flavor an entire meal when it is used in the right proportion. I think often when, when I think of that text and that scripture verse, salt by itself has little value. But once it makes contact, it makes a difference. Jesus is saying to his followers, Get out of the salt shaker. Make contact with a world lacking flavor of joy, peace, and significance. Add spiritual vitality and seasoning to a fermenting world. So I ask you this just as salt does not exist for itself, the Christian does not exist for personal gratification. My brother says, I work for a dealership where people are mean. Everyone that walks into the office, he swears at. He cusses at. He's a miserable individual. My brother Gary was telling me last evening, oh, they love me there because I make everybody laugh. It's because he's jumped out of the salt shaker and he's adding a little flavoring. To the place where he's employed. It's amazing to me that we've lost our focus. To our friends. To our families. To our co-workers. And we don't think it's our responsibility to be salt to a lost world. And to be light to a dark world. Free. For every parent, your first mission field is your children and your family. The mission field for all of us, regardless of our family situation, married, single, divorced, or looking forward to getting married, is the world around us. It takes courage to get out of the box, to make contact with people who are spiritually lost. But you have to understand that lost people matter to God. He died on the cross for them. It's not just about us. Yes, we're to illuminate His light, but we have a message to share to lost people. Will you be challenged this morning as men of God, as women of God, to say, I'll have enough courage and be courageous enough to step out and to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world? Accountability. Accountability accountability in America today? I'm not accountable to my parents. I'm not accountable to my coworkers. I'm not accountable to my employer. I'm not accountable to the pastor. I will come. I will go. And we wonder why our kids don't respect us. We wonder why we can't lead someone to Christ. Because we're not salt to them. Because they don't see light in our lives. Jesus gave that parable to say this. It's important that you bring flavor and excitement to God. To be light, we must shine out and reach out in love with the love of Jesus to a lost and broken people. Being salt and light is a way of life. Every day you live, you write another page into the diary of life. Francis of Assisi knew the importance of declaring your faith by word and deed when he said, Preach the gospel all the time. If necessary, use words. Whether you realize it or not, people are watching you. You may be the only gospel that some people see. And I quote, you may be the only Bible some people may read. The Apostle Paul challenged Christians to be sweet perfume to others wherever they go in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. To your family and to others, you are the aroma and fragrance of Christ. My prayer is that every father is a sweet-smelling fragrance to his children, his wife, and to the extended family. I don't want you just to be men of courage. I want you to be men of God. Nothing pleases me more than to experience and to see men of God. Your life is changed, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be not transformed. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We shouldn't be like the world. We should be transformed in Jesus Christ. Man of God. Be a man of God. Give spiritual leadership in the home. Men of God, demonstrate love in your home. And men of God, declare your faith by word and by action. Some of you may have gone through the whole resolution ceremony. Some of you have forgotten what this actually states. And as I pulled it off my shelf, I was reminded, I will seek to honor God, to be faithful to His church, obey His word, and do His will. Are you faithful? Can other people actually say, He's a man of God. She's a woman of God. They're people of God. They're children of God. If you do not know who God is, I I encourage you today to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Today could be your day of salvation. If you've been running away and don't understand and you live in a dark world, you walk, walk in a dark place, well, I'd like to shine some light into your life. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But if the salt has lost its flavor, wherewith shall it be salted? Wherewith shall it be seasoned? Have you lost your flavor for God? Have you lost really just being the man of God that you need to be? Have you incorporated some things in your mind? Have you allowed some things to take residence and precedence in your mind? Remove it and let God take residence. I encourage you today, and I'm just challenging you to say, you have it within you. Men of God, I applaud you. For the stand that you take. Women of God, I applaud you for the stand that you take. For the position you are, you've taken. And who you are in Him. Will you live that out, not just today, every day. Let us all stand as we pray. Father, we come to You and we thank You so much for Your Word. And Father, we just pray that You will continue, Lord, to help us to be men of God. Lord, this Father's Day... May we add salt to somebody's life. May they see some flavor, some seasoning, some excitement in our life about you. We have empty churches running 35 less people every Sunday because we've lost our flavor for you. Oh God, help us to grow you. Lord, the song says, mold me, make me, reshape me to be like you. So, Father, today, as you are the potter, we are the piece of clay. Help us, Father God. Reshape us into your image. And, Lord, we'll give you the praise for everything. Father, we thank you for the, the many dads that are rep- represented here. We thank you for the men of God that are represented here today. Lord bless their lives. May they receive your word and live by it. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Lift your voice